talking queers. Hey, bitch. Hey, bitch. It's Turkey Day. It's Turkey Day. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, pop that pussy on Turkey Day. We're going <laughs> to eat all the food. I don't know. <laughs> all, the, all day. <laughs> Prime day with day. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Cluck, cluck. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too. Yeah. When uh, this episode comes out, Thanksgiving will be the next day. Dang. Yeah. So people will be listening to this while they're eating with their families. So maybe we should keep it PG. <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> um, no. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Jake. And I'm Frankie. And we are Fear the Talking Turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, you know what? I don't even mind that as long as I don't get that fucking gobble gobble turkey ass neck. <laughs> oh my god. I hate that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Why did I think you sounded like Meryl Streep just now? <laughs> Doing what? Gobbling or goggling, whatever. Do Does she do that? <laughs> I sound like Meryl Streep. It still does. Doing. Meryl Streep doing what? <laughs> Turkey noise. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is so specific. You sound like Meryl Streep doing turkey noises. Your voice sounds like Meryl Streep. <laughs> Thank you. So I'm, uh, I have the voice of the greatest actress of all time. Try once more like I did before. So I'll take the compliment. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, um... <laughs> So Thanksgiving is upon us. What? Um, there's a lot of sordid history about Thanksgiving. Um, yeah. You know, there's. I think it's sort of evolved in a way to um, into something else that it, than it yeah. was originally supposedly intended for. Because yeah. I think that we've learned that it's probably not a good thing to celebrate the crazy things that you know happened back in the day, like bringing diseases to the Native American people. The rape, the murder. Yeah, the rape, the murder, the the, all of that. Yeah. And so uh, now Thanksgiving, to me, is about just uh, being thankful, being grateful for the year, the upcoming year, everything that's, you know, all the fortunate things in in, in life. You know, yeah, what this, about you? This is, yeah, exactly. About family, feast, and yeah. fun. Nothing yeah. about pilgrims or the Native Americans Who? getting their land robbed from them. Absolutely. No, 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 absolutely no. Um, no, thank you. I don't want that. <laughs> but what are you thankful for this year? It's a, tr- mm, it's a trying I, year. It's so yeah. It, it's kind of hard this year. It's hard this year because people probably look this year as something to not be grateful for at all. But um, I think that I'm thankful for the opportunity to spend so much time with uh, my boyfriend, uh, with Joey. That's it. I mean, you know, we spend all day together pretty yeah. much every day. We even work together. So we even go to work together and you know, wow. it, it, it's, it's been a great opportunity to, you know, opportunity for us to, um, really bond. And, you know, seven years later, we're still, we're <laughs> always still growing together. I would say, you do you do. find that with Andre that you're oh. yeah. still growing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's been eight years and we're still, 
and each year is like a new chapter, like something to work on, yeah, something to communicate about, of something course. to improve. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm grateful that my family is okay, and um, I'm grateful to have a bomb ass podcast with you. Hey. Yeah. What about I'm, you? I'm <laughs> grateful for this this creative project because it's definitely boosted totally. my creativity. I don't I don't have. Um, a job like you where you get to travel the world and be you know a, a, an artist yeah <laughs> so this a is a pop star oh, <laughs> or that yeah yeah <laughs> but um I, I you know i'm always itching for to do something creative and i've been suppressing right. it for a while and i'm like why, why? so you have all this creative juice spill it i know it's leaking that out. sounds gross <laughs> I know so I'm grateful for that I'm grateful that no one well I, I know people that have had COVID but like you I'm I'm grateful right. that you know it wasn't a sob story sure. and I'm grateful um, for I guess one more year of life even though this year sucked yeah. I made the Absolutely. most of it yeah we could we could be six feet under but we are um, we are here and we're thriving and we are making people's day I mean, as far oh my God, as far as we, you're thirty, flirty, and thriving. Oh my God, bitch! I'm yes, that is true. I'm thirty, flirty, and thriving. Um, <laughs> uh, and and I'm grateful for the fact that people still think I look in my early twenties. That's very nice. Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? Bitch! One of my coworkers. Um, yeah, one of my coworkers was like shocked he was like what he's like i would say you're like 24 and i was like thank you how old is he but like probably he's he's probably like 21 sir i have several seats because <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't kidding. i mean you know i don't think i look like an adult like in my mind like i know what an adult looks like and i don't think it's me no i know exactly what you mean you know i know what I'm talking about yeah I, I still see the youth in my eyes, so I'm like, I'm like 18, but with like a beard. Oh, yeah, man. yes, exactly. Yes, <laughs> I know. I, I My beard journey has been uh, pretty recent. I never, because I worked at Disneyland for so often that I couldn't grow a beard. Like I wasn't allowed to. Right, and Sleeping soon, Beauty soon, doesn't have a beard. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and so, um, you know, the second I didn't work there anymore... I was like, I need to at least try. And I never thought I could. I was like, oh my God, that's going to be ugly and patchy. But you know what? I like it. And it makes me, it makes me feel older. It makes me feel more mature. Like, I think people probably see me a little older. So they're like, you, because you, know, yeah. you look 18. And I'm like, no, I'm an adult. I promise. Yeah. I, I To me, for me, there's nothing like a man with, with facial hair. Body mm. hair. I, lo- mm. I, I love I oh, love I love stubble and have beards. Me too. And yeah. Even if it's just a mustache, I like that too. Totally. And there's nothing against like you know, like all uh, people. Yeah, shaving <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, people don't have a lot of body hair, but ooh, I definitely love a man with a little fur. Oh my god, when they kiss your neck and the stubble runs by, I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, yes, exactly. And then, or like afterwards, when your face is just red and raw from that beard <laughs> rash, <laughs> you're like Ow. covered in bumps. <laughs> yes, like oh Jesus, oh Walter. There's no getting around this one. <laughs> well, I hope people that are are not listening to this, sitting around their conservative family, is that Thanksgiving. Dimmer, dimmer, dimmer. <laughs> dimmer. <laughs> How's your dimmer? <laughs> yeah. 
So, That's me usually after I'm like three glasses of wine in on Thanksgiving. Okay, so, so what are some of your favorite Thanksgiving like memories? Mm, memories. I mean, I uh, I spend, I try to spend every Thanksgiving I can with my mom. This year, we are being cautious and we have canceled all of our Thanksgiving plans. No, so I won't be spending. I know, so I won't be spending it with my mom in Las Vegas this year. And I know that's such a bummer because she looks forward to it, um, you know, all year. And uh, so I love spending time with with my family in Vegas. I uh, what else? Oh, uh, duh. Oh, my gosh. I live for the parade. I I love the parade. The oh, the Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day, Day parade. parade. Oh, yeah, because, like, all the Broadway shows perform, even though they're all lip syncing. It's fine. I understand it's, like, <laughs> two degrees outside. <laughs> I wouldn't want to sing out there either, but it's so fun. And the Rockettes, they perform, and I love seeing all these, like, you know, some, some pop stars on a float. I love seeing the Muppets, and then at the very end, you see Santa Claus, and then the holiday season begins. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, I don't watch it. <laughs> no, that's but, not surprising. You know, because every time I think about it, I'm like, it's already over, uh, you know, but also Thanksgiving for me is always, like, super busy, because I always split my time by three, so I always go to, like, right. my dad's parents first, and then I yeah. go to my mom's, uh, my mom's family's house, and then I go to... Um, Andre's parents house and it's like oh, I'm just so booked and busy on Thanksgiving but right. things are a little bit different so my Thanksgiving memory is a little deeper so last year I went to my dad's parents house and we always do like a Thanksgiving brunch there early you know and usually it's a small group it's just like a little handful of us that like get together and right. um, the last time I went there they they have an open house always so like there's always people coming in and out eating they sure. eat they feed the, the neighborhood, you know? And so last year I went over there and my grandpa, my, they had a neighbor over and my grandpa was there. And the food wasn't ready. just like the first year that they didn't have the brunch ready, you know, whatever. Right. And so I was like, oh my God, well, I'm going to have to go to the next one because I'm already running late. And so I go in there and my grandpa introduces me to his neighbor and he's like, this is my grandson, Frankie. He's a good man. And I was like, wow, what a compliment, right? Aww, so, and I looked over at my grandpa and he was like smiling at me with his radiant twinkle in his eye as always. And then I looked he over said, at my- just kidding. Just no, kidding. no, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and then I looked over at my grandma and she was like smiling at me. Like, like I could kind of feel her being like, what a cool thing to Aww. say, you know? It was sentimental. Because then they passed away two and a half weeks later in a car accident. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. I'm so so sorry. that was actually the last time that I saw them was last Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. Well, that's so amazing, though, that you have that memory and that, you know, know. it's such a specific time and place that, you know, that yeah. took place. And uh, now you'll be able to to carry that forever. That's so special. Yeah, it was a special. I'm glad that I had that, like, last interaction with them just so that I can know what they thought about me you know right exactly and it's so <laughs> because, nice that yeah and your grandpa's proud of you and you know there's nothing better than that so um oh that's so sweet i know i hope they're listening to the podcast in heaven <laughs> oh i'm sure they are i know crank <laughs> they, it up <laughs> crank it crank it turn it up turn it up turn what it is up that? No, remember uh, the Kim Kardashian song? Turn me up, turn oh, me yeah. up. <laughs> this song is my jam. This song is my jam. I'm going out tonight. <laughs> That's like the only part I remember. <laughs> Don't be fucking oh um, So speaking of sweet things, what is your favorite um, thing to eat on Thanksgiving? I love pumpkin pie, obviously. 
Ooh, um, yes. I love the dark meat of the turkey because it's always mm-hmm. juicier. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you nasty. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and then I also love, like, um, yams. Oh, me too. When they, when they mash them up and make them real warm and melt the marshmallows Ooh. on top. Yes. Like, oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. I love, yes. should be having uh, me going. Oh, that is my favorite, too. Like, I have to have my like, yam, sweet potato, whatever, you know. Mm. Um, and this year, very exciting because, like, Joey and I are still going to try to do our best to have a little Thanksgiving um, here. Mm-hmm. And so we are. So uh, I ordered because things are a little different for me now, now that I'm vegan. And so I actually ordered vegan marshmallows and they should be arriving in the mail today. <laughs> oh, yummy. Put it on your yams. Yes. I'm so excited. Um, some of my other favorites are, uh, I mean, I was, I always loved the turkey. I didn't, uh, I probably just went for like white meat, but, um, cause <laughs> I'm dry. Just- <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, so I almost like turkey, but not, not, not having that this year. Um, I always, uh, my favorite is I love deviled eggs. I love mm. deviled eggs. Oh, they're so good. And my grandma made them, or I mean, she like makes them so deliciously. And this year I'm contemplating, um, making a vegan version, yeah. which I saw on a really cheap Amazon Prime vegan cooking show of this woman making them out of potatoes. Girl, which what? Is pretty, yeah, yeah. So you get like the little mini potatoes. You chop them in half. You gut them. You know, and then uh, you like make a little whatever, like an egg, and then you mix it up with a bunch of stuff, including this thing called um, it's called Indian black salt. It's called kala namak, and it has that like a sulfury sort of oh, taste like to it egg, so it tastes like eggy yes yeah so it okay. tastes eggy and you put it in there and then you do 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 and then you have like a vegan deviled egg so do it we i'll see how ambitious i am and do you know what i'm probably also gonna make vegan mac and cheese <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the pumpkin mac and cheese <laughs> yes because why not why not, why not? Yeah. go with it yeah absolutely so did yeah. you ever like stuffing that's like a weird one for me uh, uh, I feel like I liked stuffing later in life, but I definitely didn't like it when I was growing up. I you see, like, I like uh, you like getting stuffed, like, but you don't like stuffing. Uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah I, I'm the stuffed turkey. Um, <laughs> no, I uh, I don't like onions, and a lot of stuffing has onions in it, and oh, okay. I and I immediately go, no, thank you, or like I don't, or like I don't feel I, like having yeah. having to pick onions out of things. Well, sometimes and I'm like, so I don't feel I like having soggy it. bread. <laughs> I mean, that's fair too. Like this um, shit is I, soggy as fuck. But as I got older, I I liked it more, and I found less stuffing with onions in it. I don't know. I don't. know. Maybe just the stuffing I grew up with had onions in it. I'm like, eh. you know, that's probably what it is. The stuffing I grew up with, I couldn't tolerate. But Andre made it one year. I don't know if it was last year or two years ago. He makes it every year. But there was one batch in particular that I was like, this is hella good. Yeah, I mean, I guess it just depends. Everybody has their own, um, you know, version of these recipes. That's always so interesting, like, hearing what other people eat on Thanksgiving. Are, is there something that you eat that you don't think anybody else eats on Thanksgiving? Um, Probably not. Like, you know, like, there's, like, pumpkin bread pudding, which, I don't know, some people make that, some people don't. Pumpkin bread We also pudding. have ham, like, in addition to... 
oh. turkey, which I think is more of a Christmas thing, but I don't which know. Which is more of a Christmas thing, but last year I had a vegan ham on Thanksgiving, um, which was oh. actually because, uh, luckily, because I have cousins who are also vegan, and they, I was really nervous last year, because it was like my, I, I'd only been, I, I I'd only been, I telling me that. Yeah, I'd only been vegan for like three weeks, and I, so I was like trying to figure it out, and I was trying to stick to it, and I just so happen to have cousins who are vegan, and they showed up with the fucking spread, and they brought this vegan, um, this vegan ham, oh, and because they said it was because they said it was better than the vegan turkey, and they're they like, it's great, and I tried it, and it was it tasted exactly like ham, like a. Like wow! Yeah, it was crazy. I was like, oh, I, was, I was need orange. to try that because <laughs> I swear to God, I'm like one food poisoning away from being vegan. I'm telling you. I mean, you know, I would never, you know, tell anybody to become vegan, but I do suggest it because you know, it's just you know, get your body back. You feel to, good. You look great. Yeah, you feel. Yeah, you feel good. Um, you know, I'm lactose intolerant, and so it's really helped me there. I don't have as many stomach issues, and um, yeah, so I don't know. I, I enjoy it. I've I've stuck to it more than, and I I am not the kind of person to have stuck to something like this, and I have. I'm, <laughs> bitch, I am. Oh my god, this. I grew up eating chicken fingers and you know corn dogs all my life and so mm. um you know to do this was kind of crazy but on, it it's great anyway i don't it's want to make stuck. this all about being vegan this is you, uh, you know, know what helps Thanksgiving. you know what helps though is that joey is too right or is the oh for yeah, sure that, that well, yeah. makes the world of difference right I and mean, he had started doing it before i did but i was gone on a contract and i came back and he um he had already been doing it and so he's kind of the one that he cooks a lot more than i do i don't really do that it's very rare if i do I just, I just don't really have a talent for it i can i'm that's good me. at a recipe but he's good at just whipping something up and um, that's that's so, andre too I'm, I'm horrible i could i'm like i don't cook oh, me. a thing i take a bottle of champagne wherever i go for thanksgiving because i'm like i don't know what else to do <laughs> <laughs> what am i supposed yes. to do <laughs> yes um yeah so he was doing the vegan thing and so all the groceries that he we would buy when we were out were vegan so I was just like I was sort of eating it already just because I was like I'm not gonna cook myself my own dinner every night while he cooks his I was like fine and I don't mind yeah, it you're not gonna warm up and your it, corn dogs <laughs> yeah literally so after a while I was like you know what I'm just gonna go for it and you know what it stuck and I'm I'm happy with it I'm I have not slipped up. I really haven't, which is crazy. Good job. Good job. Yeah. I mean, like, there's been, like, a few, like, accidents where somebody's like, oh, wait. And you're like, mm, but whatever. Oh, sorry, bitch. I had egg in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, excuse me. Throw it in their kick face. Kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> there's egg in that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so, my gosh. So... Uh, we picked this movie specifically because of one uh, scene. <laughs> of one scene, but this scene is honestly iconic. Like, iconic. If you know this movie, you know this scene, which is the uh, the famous Thanksgiving play that takes place in the movie Adam's Family Values. Yes, and we're talking about this movie on a very special during a very special time because they just celebrated their what 27th anniversary yeah this movie yes came out a long ass time ago a long ass time ago around this time of year it celebrated its uh anniversary like a couple days ago monday yeah, or like, tuesday like like two days ago 27 years or ago Thursday, it came out in theaters 
Yeah. yeah and so, and, um, um, uh, also, uh, Raul Julia, who plays Gomez oh. Adams, he passed away shortly after the movie was released in theaters, and they actually declared tomorrow, November 21st, as Raul Julia Day. Ah, uh, that's amazing. Wow. Yeah, our our that- timing is impeccable. Seriously, we had no idea about any of that, and it just happened to fall on this. So this is um, a very appropriate episode for the day. So yes. um, I'm excited. So why don't we do a little synopsis of it, and then we'll get into it. Let's do it. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> Adam's Family Values, released in 1993, directed by Barry Sonnenfeld and written by Paul Rudnick. Our film begins presumably nine months after the first film, The Addams Family, left off. Adam's matriarch, Morticia, played by Angelica Houston, announces to husband Gomez, played by the late Raul Julia, that she is to have a baby. Right now. The family rushes to the hospital where Morticia gives birth to the newest addition to the Addams clan, Pubert Adams. As the Addams' children, Wednesday and Pugsley, played by Christina Ritchie and Jimmy Workman, struggle to adapt to home life with a new baby in the house, often attempting to kill Puber under the guise of children's play, a new nanny is hired to help watch the children. The new nanny, Debbie Jelinski, played iconically by Joan Cusack, seems wholesome enough and a perfect match for the Addams family. A little too perfect. As she tours the house, she's introduced to Uncle Fester, played by Christopher Lloyd, who has fallen in love with Debbie at first sight. Unbeknownst to Fester and the rest of the family, including Carol Kane as Granny, Debbie is actually a serial-killing black widow who has set her murderous eyes on Uncle Fester and the Adams' fortune. When Wednesday becomes increasingly suspicious of Debbie's intentions with Fester, catching her snooping through deeds and stocks and bonds belonging to Fester, Debbie goes to Morticia and Gomez and convinces them that the children are too embarrassed to tell them of their desire to attend summer camp. As bizarre a request as it is, the family heads to Camp Chippewa for the first day of camp. Camp Chippewa is an elite summer camp for the privileged, placing Wednesday and Pugsley in a complete fish-out-of-water situation. Their macabre sensibility is constantly challenged by the likes of the sadistically cheery camp counselors Gary and Becky, played by Peter McNichol and Christine Baranski, and Wednesday's new blonde arch-nemesis Amanda Buckman, played by Mercedes McNabb. Meanwhile, with Gomez and Morticia's help, Fester attempts to woo Debbie at a lavish dinner. Even though Fester seems to stumble at every step, Debbie pretends to be drawn to him, even confessing her attraction to him later in the evening on a walk to the cemetery. Fester, overwhelmed with the attention from a woman, professes his love, and Debbie announces to Morticia and Gomez that they are engaged and to be married, while wearing a ring that was buried with Fester and Gomez's mother. They waste no time, and the wedding festivities begin. Even Wednesday and Pugsley, and new friend from camp, asthmatic nerd Joel Glicker, played by David Krumholtz, are excused to attend the ceremony. Fester and Debbie are married, and they head to Hawaii for their honeymoon. In their honeymoon suite, Fester takes a luxurious bath, and Debbie attempts to carry out her master plan to kill Fester and inherit his money, which unfortunately for her doesn't work out. Fester seems to be immune to electrocution. A perturbed Debbie, realizing this might be harder than she expected, convinces Fester that the only way she'll be truly happy and also reach orgasm is if Fester abandons the rest of his family and never sees them again. When Gomez hears the news, he's angered and devastated. Meanwhile, back at the camp, Gary and Becky begin to cast the annual production for the parents on the final day of the camp. 
This year's theme is a wildly insensitive ode to the first Thanksgiving, casting Amanda as the lead pilgrim, Sarah Miller, and Wednesday as the historically inaccurate role of Pocahontas. When Wednesday and Pugsley refuse to participate, they're sent to the Harmony Hut, where they are broken down by hours of Disney movies and musicals. When they emerge, they agree to take part in the show. Debbie begins settling into her new lavish and luxurious mansion, with Fester in tow completely made over head to toe with new clothes and a wig. When the Adams family confront Debbie and demand to see Fester, she uses her bosom to convince Fester to send them away. Even the police won't help. Soon after, Gomez, Morticia, and Granny are horrified to find their new baby, Pubert, has transformed into a cheery, angelic, curly-haired, blonde baby. Convinced he is sick from the absence of Fester, Gomez reaches peak stress, falling into despair and convinces himself that he is dying. Back at camp, the Thanksgiving play commences. Seeming to be going smoothly, Amanda takes the stage during the scene of the first Thanksgiving meal, delivering adorable and incredibly offensive dialogue about the Native Americans that are to join them to break bread. Wednesday as Pocahontas, and Pugsley as the turkey, enter and deliver their lines as written, until Wednesday pulls the rug out. Wednesday, Pugsley, Joel, and the rest of the outcast campers, all cast as the Native Americans, stage a coup, starting with a monologue from Wednesday about the atrocities committed against the Native Americans. The outcasts then attack the performance, burning the stage to the ground and attempting to burn Amanda Buckman at the stake. With the camp in total chaos, Wednesday and Pugsley escape and head home. Meanwhile, Debbie has left Fester with an anniversary gift, ticking like a bomb, and heads out with her bags in hand. While she sits outside the mansion, it explodes with Fester inside. Thinking she finally did it, she is shocked to find Fester has survived the explosion. She pulls a gun on him, but he's rescued by Adam's pet hand, Thing. Fester and Thing escape back to the Adam's house. With the whole clan back home, Debbie enters with a shotgun to finally rid herself of the dreaded in-laws. Having strapped the entire family, except Pubert, up to electric chairs, Debbie explains her life story through a series of slides. It's the story of a young girl who has always felt she was misunderstood, who felt obligated to kill her parents and all of her former husbands for not valuing her, and that she only wants love and jewelry. When Pubert gets loose from his crib, he unwittingly rescues the Adams family from Debbie, causing her to be electrocuted to death instead. With Debbie gone, the family is able to resume normal Adams' life. Pubert and Gomez are cured, Wednesday, Pugsley, and Fester are home, and the family is together again. The end. Yes! Yes, <laughs> yes this is... I, I love this movie. It's one of those magical movies that came out in the 90s that just, oh my like, gosh. can never be duplicated. It, there can, are no movies like the ones that came out in the 90s, especially never. comedies. Yes, the campy elements that are missing in movies these days, the 90s just totally rocked it. <laughs> oh, totally. Like between this and like the Brady Bunch movies, like there's oh. like <laughs> this trend of of bringing back these old shows and like putting these these characters in a 90s world that were just so good. They just they just worked. They just worked. Yeah, totally. They did. I love the Brady Bunch movie. (laughs) (laughs) And I love this movie. And, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the first Adams Family movie. But I I love this one. It's like, I watch it every year. Yeah, I watch it several times a year. I don't even usually wait until, like, the Halloween season or the Thanksgiving season. I can watch this movie whenever, and I You can watch it any day of the year. It can be a little bit of everything. It's a summer movie. It can be anything. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. It's like a a movie for all seasons. 
I'll be your movie for all seasons. Do you know? That I'll always be yours. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about Grease too? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I oh love that song though. Oh, me lie. too. Girl for Our Seasons? What yes. a fucking jam. Yeah, so this movie is literally, you can watch it in the summer or whatever, because there are so many different kind of plots in this movie that there's like one for everything. Yeah. So, uh, like you said, like I'm, I'm not as big of a fan as the first one, but I still love it. I do love it. I think it's actually very funny. Yeah. Um, but I guess one of the criticisms that they got a lot was that there wasn't much of a plot in the first one. Right. And so, so it's like, come this one, they tripled down on plot and got three, like just <laughs> that I can think of off the top of my head. They have three full plots going on at once, and which is really fun because it gets a lot of uh, these characters who didn't have much to do the first time. Um, get to really be spotlighted and shine yes because the cast is amazing and they really step it up for this one and like you said you have three plots you have the baby being born and them kind of raising the baby and the baby gets sick and then you have debbie and uncle fester then their marriage and then you have the kids at summer camp so it's like these three things just mash together and it works so well whereas you're kind of like This could have gone completely wrong and been like, I don't know where to look, but it's right. so streamlined. But some, yeah, so but good. somehow it all works together. Like you never question it. Like there's just so much going on in this movie. I have no idea what's happening. Like yeah. no, like no, it's like, like it's it's eccentric, and that's always something that's drawn me to the Adams family because you're always like. Who are these people? And like, yeah. where did they come from? What's their Seriously. mentality? But it kind of seems like they're enlightened. Like they have a, a better understanding of life because of how much they embrace death. Yeah, totally. It's like not only that, but they also know the value of family. Like they, they're so family oriented because they are kind of considered outsiders as their family. They don't really fit in with a lot of people. So their family unit is so strong and it's sort of really magical to watch this family that just loves each other so much they have their problems they have their trials and tribulations they go through but at the end of the day i think these the main theme of of the adams family has to do with family yeah and as dark as they are you can still find similarities in there like one thing that's always been intriguing to me about this movie in particular is debbie because obviously she's like the best character in this movie. But <laughs> but aside from that is that if she didn't have the intention of going in for Uncle Fester's money, she would actually fit in really well with this <laughs> with this family. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, she's also psycho. Yeah. Which I do which I which I am gonna talk about a little later when we talk about it, her infamous monologue. Oh but, my god, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, one thing that I've always noticed with the Adams family is that even though they are crazy and weird and different, they are actually like really sweet nice people they're not yeah. mean and they would never like i don't know they're not like murder like they sort of joke about murdery things but they're actually really nice and sweet and open and they they welcome outsiders and um yeah i i mean i think that they're rather warm and they're very supportive of one another it's like the family that a, any gay kid would want to have Oh, totally. Uh, Yeah, because they're like super weird and eccentric, but also opulent and over the top. And they throw fabulous parties and they can dance and they, um, yeah, it's, they're so cool. I love the Adam Sam. I think they're so fucking cool. They're fucking cool. Um, One of the things that you talked about is the opulence. 
And mm-hmm. I can never get over how glamorous Morticia always looks with that just <laughs> single beam of light running across her eyes. <laughs> yes, it's so glamorous. Yeah, I think that's such a funny thing. I don't remember if they did it in the first one. I don't think they did. But I think in this one, they definitely, yeah, every shot that you see of Angelica Houston as Morticia Adams, there is a, there's just a, a light over her eyes that is like, it makes her like kind of spooky and mysterious and glamorous. Yeah. I read that they did the same thing with Faye Dunaway and Mommy Dearest. Yes. I mean, which is crazy because they are, they couldn't be more opposite as far as, you know, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're who they are. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> but um, I, that must yeah, have been hard to pull off too because there are moments where you see Angelica Houston uh, like walking into the scene and finding the light. And I'm like, oh, right. that must totally. have been hard. Hey, she is a professional. Ho. She is okay. a professional. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> she, um, yeah, and you know what? I think they maybe even want to spot like spotlight the fact that her eyes are literally pulled back with tape. Like, yes. The amount, like, what they had to do, like, I feel bad for her. I know they said that a lot. A lot of um, the movie was painful for her physically because of the apparatus that they had around her head to like pull her face back. Like she had like wire around her head with tape and then a wig on top. And um, so do you know what? I think her eyes being highlighted by that light, uh, you know, really showed off what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They <laughs> made movie, it worth it for the pain. The that movie she magic. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually I was going to say real quick, um, the new Megan Thee Stallion album has a line in one of the songs that says, wear a long black wig like Morticia. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, Megan The Stallion's album came out. Love it. Side note. All right. Um, so why don't we kind of go through each one of these plots? Do you want to do that? Yeah. All right. So I think we should start with. Um, we should probably go. We'll go backwards. Why don't we say we go backwards? We'll okay. so we'll do with like the C plot, which I think would be Morticia and Gomez and the baby. Yes. I do. You know, the first Adams Family film really focused a lot on like Gomez and Morticia, and I feel like in this one they are a little sidelined. They're not they, as they're, they're not like as supporting characters. Right. They're 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 more supporting than they were the leads that they were in the first one. And um, which is fine, which is fine because I think that gives other characters, which we love so much, the chance to shine. But they also have some really, really amazing moments. But um, I love their characters so much. Their characters are honestly like the epitome of love and passion. It, it's any couple it's so would wonderful to watch. To be. Gomez oh, and yes. Morticia Adams. Yes. Yes. Like, could you imagine just? always being just overcome with romance and and Italian language and French language and, and just yeah. Oh, yeah you know and just tangoing the fucking night away that tango scene in this movie oh. is just so fun her spinning yes. at yes. 100 miles per hour yes and i'm telling you i don't like if the, if there's not like a dance number in any camp classic it's not really a camp classic i don't think no yeah i know exactly what you mean especially you know what this saying? one picking up the oh, yeah. the little clam shells and using them oh yeah it's like castanets <laughs> yeah <laughs> no it's so good and um so the plot so their their main struggle in this film 
is that they they've had a, a baby who they've named uh, Pubert. Yeah. <laughs> and Pubert is played actually by two twin girls, even though he's a boy in the movie. And he looks, they've like given the, this baby like a black, like a flat, like a black flat hairdo and a little, a little drawn on mustache. Can you imagine the parents when they saw their little girls like dressed up as little Pubert Adams? <laughs> oh my God. And I, side note, honest- Pubert was the original name for Pugsley, but... It right. was rejected. <laughs> right. So that's a little... I love that they, like, had a little bit of, like, fun Adam's family trivia involved in this. Yeah. I think that's so cool. And, yeah, so Pubert is born. And it has a little bit of a connection to uh, the Fester plot. And um, and the plot is, is kind of that their baby gets sick. But in, they, yeah, but in getting sick, the <laughs> but baby in getting turns sick, normal. <laughs> yeah, the baby looks like a nor- normal, healthy um, baby that any other family would be and so happy to have. its surroundings because then the nursery goes from like this dark, yeah. gloomy Victorian nursery to like this opulent <laughs> and pastel-filled yeah. birthday cake. Yeah, exactly. And so they kind of spend their... Mo- their time trying to save their baby even grandma she's you know trying to do curses and spells on the baby but um they end up attributing it to the fact that um fester who's you know part of their their close-knit family has now gone off to be with this um gold digging psycho yeah who will not let him see his family anymore (laughs) yeah exactly it's kind of interesting because it's almost like the adams family because then gomez starts dying because he can't be away from his brother it's like they can't they can't be apart like they have to be together yeah i mean yeah what are they gonna do branch off i know that always does kind of call into question some things for me too i'm like are there multiple people like families that are like this? Like, are they all sort of inbred? I'm scared. <laughs> like, I'm well, scared because to, like the, really the, think about why they're like, cause you know, in the first movie they have that, that ballroom scene with a big party and all the, yes. like, the Adams clan is there, but it's like, where do you find other people that are like this? That are like this. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. That's interesting. Or but then, maybe but there's then, just multiple families in the world that are like this. Right. It, well, maybe, but also maybe it has to do with like, you get a spell, like you come under the spell of the Adams thing. If you're an outsider, because the character of Margaret, oh, who yeah. now is in this one, who's now married to cousin it. How has she's a baby like, named what? <laughs> yes, yes, and she's fully immersed in the Adams family thing. You know? Yeah, she's an Adams, like, but she's still the, herself too. She still dresses normally, and yeah, she kind, she kind of, she kind of looks. I don't know. I think they did kind of like Adams family her up. She's like kind of powdery and like dead, a little looking. yeah, dead looking. <laughs> but in the first movie, she wasn't. She was like a normal lady. So maybe that's how they do. Maybe they do always pull outsiders and then just sort of trans, you know, transform yeah. them into transform. Yeah them cast their little their spell over them and they turn into i don't know adam's family looking people yeah they should explore that more like in a tv show or something yeah i know they're yeah definitely they should have hey maybe in in the elusive third movie that never happened maybe that's what they were gonna do (laughs) oh my god um and I and another thing that I really like about the Morticia and Gomez plot is that they didn't go out of their way to try to break them up. Like there was never like I was I was listening to some interviews, and um, 
they brought it up. They're like, yeah, they, we, it was never, it was never in our mind to try to like break up Gomez and Morticia for the sake of the plot of the movie. They said they, they just know that people really loved seeing them together, like being such a unit and having so much love and passion for each other that they didn't want to touch that. They're like, no, yeah. like we want the, the audience wants to see them in love. We, they, so that's why they never like introduced like a plot where, Gomez cheated on her or something like that. Or something like traumatic happens in their relationship. Yeah, no. Yeah, you can't not. do that. These are like some people, for some people, this is like their, their these are like their surrogate parents. Like, <laughs> like yeah, you can't seriously. do that to somebody. Yeah, not to Mortish and Gomez. No way. They're, they have uh. too much love and too much understanding of one another to even go there. Right. And then, so then their little subplot, um, you know, is finished when Fester comes back to the family and Pubert is, uh, goes back to normal. He goes back to Adam's family normal. Grows his Um, mustache back. Yes, definitely. Um, so then I think that brings us to, I I would say the B plot, which is, uh, Wednesday and Pugsley's plot at Camp Chippewa. (laughs) Yes. They can't stand the sight of the new baby. They're thinking in their minds, the arrival of a new baby means one of them has to go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's one of my favorite lines. I wrote that down as my favorite line from grandma. Yes. (laughs) Where she's, where she says, um, Oh, Morticia says, do you think when a new baby arrives, one of the other children has to die? And Wednesday goes, yes. And she, Grandma goes, well, that's just not true. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thinking back on the good old days. <laughs> yeah, the good old days. I love when they do that. Yeah. Uh, so good. So Wednesday and Pugsley have arrived at Camp Chippewa that they've been sent to because evil Debbie, who we'll get to later, has convinced Morticia and Gomez that the children are unhappy with the new baby in the house and all they really want to do is go away and go to summer camp. And it's really just Debbie's plot to get them out of the house because Wednesday's become incredibly suspicious of her activity. Yes. And so they they go to Camp Chippewa and they are complete fish out of water. It's, it's that classic fish out of water plot that we really love. And... Um, hijinks ensue yes um uh, amanda buckman is the, <laughs> basically the one of the villains one of the three villains of camp chippewa yes. Um, yes. the returning actress i don't know her name but she mercedes was the, mcnab i okay I know her yeah she, she was, was in the first movie as the girl scout cookie yes. girl yes and i read that she um wasn't just offered the role of amanda buckman she literally had to audition again she was like, just because I was in the first movie, it wasn't didn't mean they're completely different characters. Yeah, and so she's so like, they still made me go through the audition process, and I still had to fight for this part, and I luckily got it. But I kind uh, of I love that they did that. But also, she plays the role very well. <laughs> she does, and she sort of plays the same role on uh, Buffy years later. She is on oh, Buffy. I had no idea she was on Buffy. Yeah. She's a character named Harmony, who's like the popular. She's like so. There's like a popular character who's like one of the main characters of the show for a few seasons, named Cordelia, and okay. she play she plays like the other popular girl who like pops in every now and then, and like you know she's like Cordelia's friend who's like a bitch, and then later on in the series she becomes a vampire, and it's also hilarious because she's like an idiot who's now a vampire. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, so Mercedes McNabb, this was um, 
you know, this is probably one of her biggest roles as a child star. Yeah. One of the things that, that really, um, like, opens my eyes every time is how um, woke this movie is. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> this movie to, like, calls out, or, like, handling yeah, like, calls racism. Out the racism. Yes. yes. Left and right. Like, that's, like, a big deal. Like, they go to this this summer camp full of like racist white people yeah one line that i caught this time around that i didn't catch before is like because that's what privilege is all about when they're yes. like we're gonna have fun and i'm right, like right which, which brings us to our other villains which honestly uh, thank god for for christine baranski because uh, oh she is golden everything that she does everything huge, she does i'm a huge christine baranski fan and her and um fucking uh peter mcnichol play uh gary granger and becky martin granger becky martin granger <laughs> and i'm becky martin granger <laughs> <laughs> and they're like the the sadistic camp counselors who um pretty much are torture wednesday and pugsley yes. with just being cheery and happy and over the top nice even though they're secretly pretty evil i would say they're horrible if you're not blonde blue-eyed and skinny then you don't belong <laughs> yeah. in their yeah. world exactly like you, you, it reminds me of that scene where they're um where they're oh they're casting the thanksgiving show yes and you know they give all the leads to um to amanda and girls. all of her white friends and then um <laughs> She's naming the the people who got cast as the as the Chippewas as or as the, the Indians. The, yeah, the Indians. The, the Native and she's Americans. like going through she's all what did she say? She's like Esther Consuela Jamal Jamal I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Mordecai. Mordecai. The yeah. One. yeah, they like <sighs> all all the other you know, the quote unquote others. All the miscellaneous children that don't right. fall into the cookie cutters that everyone else is. I'm like, damn, they really got like identical kids to play <laughs> yes. the like Amanda Buckman. Yeah. Minions. Ashley, Brittany, they're like, you know, whatever their names Missy are. And you know? Melissa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like just the whitest white girl names ever. But the whole camp, like the whole camp, once they come out of like watching Annie and the Brady Bunch and the Sound of Music out of that hut. Oh, in the in the Harmony Hut. The Harmony Hut. <laughs> um, they have all those kids, that lynch mob there, and they're all like the same. I'm like, whoa, like every group shot they have of those kids, I'm like, oh my yeah. god, they're all blonde. It's like, and they're like Nazi youth. <laughs> yeah. I thought I saw you in there. <laughs> ah, I know, yeah. Yeah, I the played Amanda Bussman. That'd be a funny Halloween costume, but I don't know if anybody would get it. Well, <laughs> anyone who's worth it would get it. <laughs> uh, that's true. Exactly. That's very true. Um, but I, yeah, I love this whole summer camp plot. I think it, it um, I love that Amanda becomes like the adversary for Wednesday, that they're yeah. like complete foil opposites. And I like their, their dynamic, especially like, you know, we have that scene where they're, uh, they're going to, Oh, they're doing swimming lessons or something. Isn't that yes, what they're doing? Yes. And they and one one person has to be the victim and one person has to be the lifesaver. And Amanda's like, she's like, I'll play the victim. It's like all your life. All your life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Seriously. And then she jumps in and she's like, Help me! Help me! I'm drowning. I'm <laughs> dying. 
drowning. She's so, <laughs> she's so over the top. And then Wednesday's like, I can't swim. <laughs> and then just I the bubbles to, come up. Boop, boop, boop. Boop, boop, I have to say that Christina Ritchie is Wednesday Adams. She is. Oh my God. I was watching interviews with her for this movie and she, I don't know if she was tired or what, but she was like, a th- she's like 13 and she just gives the interviewer nothing. <laughs> They're like, did you, um, did you enjoy doing this part? Yes, I did. <laughs> like, whoa, okay. They were just having like rapid fire questions at her. because she Maybe was, like, she was, maybe she was still in like Wednesday mode. I mean, maybe that's true. Yeah. But her, yeah, her, this is definitely like a bigger stand-up performance as Wednesday Adams in the first film because she had so much more to do, and she has the best like clapbacks ever, yeah. and with such so, dry delivery. Oh yeah, like and for like a, a 12, 13 year old to to really nail that is really impressive, and so I I always commend really impressive, yeah. especially because when you have lines that kind of juxtapose who she normally is, like when. Uh, Debbie calls Pubert a, a you little brat, and uh, Wednesday walks in. And she goes, "He's not a brat." It's like, oh, look, <laughs> he's coming around to the baby. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, he's not a brat. Get that a lot. <laughs> I love that line because she goes, "He's not a. He's an adorable little baby." And she goes, "Fine, rub it in." <laughs> it means what orphan. I, All her little she, like zingers. Yes. Are, what my fa- my favorite clapback is when she first meets Amanda, and she comes up. And she goes, "Why are you dressed like that? Why are you dressed like somebody died?" And she goes. Wait. wait. <laughs> <laughs> or when she goes, um, Wednesday's at that age where she only has one thing on her mind. Boys, homicide. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I love it. Um, and so I love that plot. I love the summer camp plot. Yeah, I love that she gets a little love interest too. And Oh, I know. Wednesday gets to have a, a little boy. I know. boyfriend. And she handles it in true Wednesday fashion. Like, she's not girly about it at all. She she no, actually no, no. shows no interest in him whatsoever. She kind of just takes a liking to him, but in a standoffish way. Totally. So like, not... in her in her own Wednesday way, however she can, you know, do that. Yeah. Um. She doesn't compromise herself. I love the, I love the summer camp plot because it is kind of that's where it kind of like relates to that Brady Bunch type of universe where it's like these characters that are so invested in themselves and their own aesthetic and feelings and emotions and then they you throw them into this world that's like more I guess normal and well it's everything they're not everything they're not everything everything they're not yeah and that again that fish out of water plot that always that will always work if you ever want to write a movie do a fish out of water movie yeah it's just so good it just works um and so then i think that we should move on right into our a plot and our a plot is it's just like chef's kiss because It it brought it brought us the amazing performance by joan cusack as debbie jelinski the nanny and Debbie Jelinski is um, no nanny. She is actually a black widow, serial killing, murderer, gold digger <laughs> who, <laughs> who shows it. up. Yeah, you name it. Who shows up to the Adams family. I don't know how she, I guess she was on the, um, the agency, the nanny agency's list. And she shows up in order to steal the Adams family fortune from Fester Adams. 
and um, we have an amazing performance also by Christopher Lloyd in this. As, as oh my god, um, who I didn't realize was so mysterious. Like all the he's not in any of the interviews, and all the interviewers talked about were like, so we know that Christopher Lloyd doesn't do interviews. He you know, and so they were all so curious about what it was like to work with him because I guess he doesn't do things like that he doesn't wow. like being in i guess he's so shy is what they really? all of the, all that's what all of the cast said like he's very shy but he's very good at what he does so wow that's so intriguing i know he's such a mystery I christopher but um yeah so fester adams sees debbie for the first time and falls madly in love with her and you know this is her way in she's studied she's studied she's smart yes and now she's uh she set her her eyes on fester and they are going she's gonna take him for everything he has and and, you know in doing so comes one of the funniest i think plots ever like just characters ever i think debbie jones is so funny in film history and i think that that character has opened the doors for so many others to come after but i love this introduction of the Adams family being rich, like yeah. stocks and bonds, right? Thieves. Which is which is also sort of the plot of the first movie. It's so funny that, like, I, yeah. I guess that that must be just a staple of the Adams family thing is that they're people are always after their like gigantic fortune because the first plot or the first movie's plot is about. Um, Fester Adams having amnesia and this woman who's like a con artist brings Fester back to the Adams family in order to steal their fortune. It's sort of the same plot. Oh, I, God, I'm so, I, I've probably only seen the first one like two times. You should rewatch it because it is very good. It's less campy. It's more, it's more, um, probably more faithful to like the comics in like okay. having more references. This one has gone full camp. And, um, but oh. they are, they do share similarities in plot is that they're both about trying to steal the Adam's fortune. <laughs> yeah. And Uncle Fester is so lovable. Like, don't you just want to, oh, like, yeah. and you just feel so he, bad for him. Yeah, because he's so, he just so desperately wants to be loved. And he and he's, like, this big, weird weirdo. You're a you know? big, weird thing. Thing. <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't be married. You should, you should be studied. You're the missing link. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And... So, yeah, and Joan Cusack pulls out a performance that is so hilariously campy. She's the Black Widow. Um, It's just, it's so brilliant. Oh, my God. Marissa Tomei almost played Debbie. They they considered her for the role, which I don't see. She's a good actress. I love Marissa Tomei, but I don't think she, she brought... I don't know. I literally cannot see anybody else playing this part. No, Joan Cusack is. I mean, this is like this is like the only role that I really know her in. Like I see, if, I've yeah. seen her in other movies, but like aside from Jesse and Toy Story, which doesn't really count. To me. Right. Or like <laughs> she's like she's like great as like the the teacher in School of Rock or the principal in School of Rock and things like right. that. But I mean, no, yeah, this Debbie this Jelinski. to me, she'll always be Debbie. And I love this because it's sort of out of character of her because they like made her super sexy and she gets to be like, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I like, I mean, not that she's not, you know, of course she's beautiful or whatever, but like, no, yeah, but you, she's more earthy and, you know, normal. right, exactly. Yeah. And you, you would never, you would never think that, you know, they would put her in this kind of role, but she nails it. And I was, you know, one of the interviews I watched of her 
it's all they seem to be fixated on. I felt that was a little unfair to her performance because they were only like, wow, like you had to wear these sexy costumes and have you ever done that before? And she was like, I mean, I guess. Like, they're like, what did you think of it? And she was like, I mean, it was fine. Like, it's part yeah, of the it's part of the character. Hello. Yeah. And, I hate interviewers. Right. I know. I know. And, and when she was talking about it, like they asked her about, um, taking on the role like what happened when she got offered it and she's like she's like at first i thought it was like really um you know misogynistic and everything but she's like as i as i sort of got deeper into it she's like oh wait a minute no this is actually this is comedy this is funny like this is yeah it's hilarious anytime she enters this scene i like start smiling because a i know it's coming and b like everything that comes out of her mouth is gold Oh, absolutely. And so I think, I mean, we can't talk about her performance without talking about that, her monologue at the end, which is probably, I think, the most, like, I would say the most iconic scene from the movie, yeah. other than, the, other than the, the Thanksgiving play. Right. No, this is the scene that, like, everybody goes back to, at least in our community. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, even, you know... Drag Race superstar Jinx Monsoon recorded an, an entire song from on her debut album called um, what, "What About, About Debbie." Debbie. Yeah. Yes, which Joey as Leilani performed for an entire Halloween season one year. That was like, and he made a lot of money off of playing Debbie. So that was really oh, good for him. Yeah, yeah. that's a money making move. Oh, right for there. sure, because <laughs> people loved it. And he had a whole slideshow, and if not, then he had like paper, like or like cardboard. What am I saying? Like poster board. Sorry, poster yes. board things yeah, yeah, of yeah. like the slides and he did the whole thing and it was like a hit always. Oh my god. It's it's every part of it is iconic. From the time that she opens her mouth to the time yes. that she's electrocuted and just I don't wanna hurt anybody. I don't enjoy hurting anybody. I don't like, like guns or bombs or, bombs or, or electric, electric chairs. chairs. Yeah, and <laughs> and like this monologue is so funny because it's about it's about her descent into madness and about uh, her narcissism and how she just doesn't understand. Like she's like, these are things that I deserve. <laughs> these are things yeah. like, don't I deserve love and jewelry? Like, don't I <laughs> yearn and ache and shop? <laughs> and, and I love honestly, how into it uh, the family is too. Oh, that's the be- one of the best parts about it is the fact that the, that the Adams family they they get it. They they're understand. Like, with her. They're like, oh, like they love the fact that she's absolutely psychotic. They're like, oh, this is on brand for us. Yeah. And they're like moved by this monologue. Yeah. Like they're like crying. Like Even grand- that, especially that part when she says, "Don't I deserve love and jewelry?" And they show Morticia, and she's like on the verge of tears. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, yes, you do. She's like, you yes, <laughs> yes. And then even Grandma's like, "What about Debbie?" <laughs> like, yeah. What about Debbie? Yeah. And and at the very end when she. She's like finished her monologue, and she's like Adam Sandler. She's like wish me luck, and they're all good luck. Good luck. Like they, they're like yeah, like they're all prepared to die. It's yeah, like they're, they're embrace, all... they're embracing it. They love the idea of death. Yeah, they're like they're genuinely wishing her luck. They're all good luck. <laughs> it's so my funny. favorite part about that. Mo- well, the whole thing is my favorite, but the one part that I always think of was when she says. That's not who I was. I was a ballerina, graceful, graceful. delicate. Yeah. <laughs> she they had her. to go. <laughs> yeah. 
Sorry, Debbie, no Mercedes this year. We have to set an example. Oh, yeah? Set this! <laughs> <laughs> so good. Every every layer of that monologue is Oh, it's amazing. layered. I... I saw one girl, I think, do it as a monologue in college, in, in, like, in, like, in my acting program. She did this yeah. monologue. She was, she, not as, uh, she was fine. Uh, actually, I think she probably was good, but it was just brilliant <laughs> that she even picked this. I was like, yes. 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 Um, yeah, I, my Other than that, I mean, Debbie, again, every time she's on screen, but I love when after she blows up the house and she comes out, and she's like, help, help. And then he comes out with the with his dinner that he cooked, and she goes, freeze. Yeah. <laughs> she like pulls that gun out of her purse, and she always like has no idea how to use it. Yeah. And he's like, but don't you love me? <laughs> she was like, the maniacal laugh. <laughs> Everything is perfect. And it's then especially so- when they're on their honeymoon in Hawaii. <laughs> Pastor, would you do anything for me? Yes. Would you die for me? Yes. Yeah. Promise. And she shoves, she shoves, she like basically shoves the radio into the back. Yes. And I love how that's like that Hawaii scene is when she you, she like flips back into like who Debbie actually is because we've only seen this like caricature of her of yeah. or like this performance she's putting on for the Adams. But then all of a sudden she's like pissed after she did he didn't die, and she yeah. has to like think of like she's like what am I gonna do now? So then he, he's like wanting to have sex with her for the first time, and she's like you've really never had sex. And he's like no, and she's like well how do you know we're not having it right now? <laughs> <laughs> no. it's so funny. Oh, it's so oh, and a testament to her acting is that scene where she's like, "Welcome to my home," and then <laughs> Morticia just names all the things that she's doing awful, and she's like, "That I can forgive, but Debbie, what? Pastels?" And she and the, that switch where she's just standing there, and then she goes, "Get out yeah. of my house!" Yes. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> Like, I could just go on for... I could literally name every single joke she says, like, as the best. <laughs> it's too hard to pick. It's too hard no, to pick. No, it's too hard to the pick everything, even when she's not talking. Like, when Fester's, you know, in the... With his wig on in the shadows. Oh, yeah. She's like, do you want to see these people? And then she's like... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> showing off her cleavage. Yes, I love it. He's, he's all, give me a kiss. Give me a 20. Give me a 20. <laughs> These are beautiful like, things. They're from catalogs. <laughs> she's like, when he's like trying to be like, like Gomez, who is, who's probably the only example of like unconditional love he's ever seen. He's like, Carmilla. She's like, what? He's like, mon cher, speak English. <laughs> he's like, pumpkin? <laughs> oh, and she's renewing her passport. Are you, will you be traveling alone? Yes, I'll be a widow. <laughs> <laughs> Which I always thought was funny, but I was, I was also like, but that happens. People know their their spouses are gonna die. What if he's in a hospital? I don't know. Yeah. I always thought that. I was on that line. Was like, okay, okay, sure. <laughs> um, there's that iconic scene, and not to go back, but I kind of want to go back to the Thanksgiving play because I do think that there are some oh. really iconic moments from that scene as well. Some lines that are just so funny. Yes. And <laughs> um, I would have to say probably my favorite <laughs> line that um, Amanda gives because Amanda is playing. Um, what Sarah is Miller. Sarah Miller, that you know, the the pilgrim who's invited these savage Indians over 
for the first Thanksgiving. And some of the lines they give her are so I already know what line you're gonna say. Are so cringy, but they're so fucking funny. So my favorite one is that she says is Remember, these savages are our guests. We must not be surprised by any of their strange customs. After all, they have not had our advantages, such as fine schools, libraries full of books, shampoo. (laughs) (laughs) What was the other one that she says where she's like, um... Oh, she's like, um... Uh, what she says, except we have shoes and wear... Or which is several, we have... We have shoes and have... Or we wear shoes and have last names. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she, like, looks at the audience. She's, like, doing that, like, typical, like... Yeah. Children... Children's acting. Yeah. yeah wink wink to the audience. Like, t- except for we wear and shoes and Yes, literally. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so good. And then, of course... Wednesday's monologue. Wednesday's monologue. Pocahontas. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Which is like, y- your pe- my people will sell bracelets by the roadside. Your people will wear cardigans and drink highballs. <laughs> yeah. My people will be forced into mobile homes on reservations. Your people yes. will drink highballs. <laughs> and eat hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> and hot hors d'oeuvres. The gods then, of our tribe have spoken. They said, do not trust the pilgrims, especially, especially. Sarah Miller. <laughs> yes, and then, ah, oh, it's so good. And then they just fucking savage the camp. They yeah. just, It's know. such a satisfying but, scene, especially yeah. when we're talking about Thanksgiving. <laughs> Seriously. And uh, um, apparently they had a lot of positive reception from the Native American community, which... Yeah. Great. I'm not surprised yeah. because finally a movie, a mainstream film, acknowledged the fact that Thanksgiving is a bit of a sham. Yeah, it's a fucking joke. Seriously. As if you watch Buffy, a yam sham. Yam sham. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, That's a good one. Yeah, you know, and my, um, part of my dad's family, they're Native American, and I'm trying to find, my godson is Native American. I was trying to find little, like, wear for him to wear, and I thought of the Adams family at one point when I was shopping for him, because there was a t-shirt that said, who are you calling an immigrant pilgrim? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? Oh, that's brilliant. I love that. Um, so what are some of your, uh, so what I did was I broke down every single character and I wrote my favorite line from each one of them. Oh, you came I've already, I've, I I already said a few of them. So like Amanda's line, I've already said, I've said my favorite, uh, we've said so many of our favorite Debbie lines, but I, (laughs) um, so I'll go down a few more. So one of my, (laughs) my favorite Gomez lines, this is probably my favorite line in the entire movie. Is when uh, so Fester and Debbie get married, and he, they're having a, a bachelor party for for Uncle Fester, and so they they roll out this cake, you know, and, and they're you know, which is like you're supposed to expect a girl to pop out, and and uh, Gomez is getting ready for the pièce de résistance, and he's like, ta-da, pointing at the cake, waiting for the girl to pop out, and nothing happens. He's all, ta-da! And she still doesn't come out. So he walks over to the cake, and he opens it up, and there's smoke coming out of it. And he goes, <laughs> that poor girl, Lurch, was she in there before you baked? And he's mmm. <laughs> and everybody starts like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And then Gomez goes, say la vie! Ah! And they all celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And then everybody just, oh, oh well. She got burnt alive in the cake it's so <laughs> fuck. that one kills me um 
I love when he refers to Debbie as the temptress of Waikiki. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. His monologue to Nathan Lane. Fun fact, Nathan Lane would go on to play Gomez Adams in the Broadway version of The Adams Family. Um, but it's so, yeah, his little rant about yeah. about Debbie and getting no justice. Yeah. I come here seeking justice. Denied. It's so good. <laughs> He's so good. Uh, oh, R.I.P. I know. Yeah. And I honestly think that his death is probably why we didn't get a third one. Because all of the interviews I watched, all of them were like, oh, yeah, there's inevitably, inevitably going to be a third one. Um, they even asked Christina. They're like, would you come back for it? It's just like, yeah, absolutely. I'd come back. For I mean, they one. had Adam's family reunion in 1998. But that we're was not gonna, like. We're not going to talk about that bullshit. <laughs> because as much as I love Tim Curry and Daryl Hannah, that movie. I mean, it was like a made-for-TV movie. But I remember liking it as a kid, but always knowing. I was like, this movie is not Adam's no. Family Values. Yeah. Um, and so I just want to... My favorite Uncle Fester line yes. is uh, when they are at the bistro and um, the girl, uh, Morticia and Debbie come back from powdering their noses in the restroom. <laughs> and uh, uh, Gomez is like trying to coach... Fester on how to woo Debbie and he's like so he's like taking the lead he's like we are the luckiest brothers on earth we are unworthy of such splendor and we're undeserving of such radiance and Fester <laughs> goes ah that's right we should have ugly girls <laughs> <laughs> and then he smiles like yes and, and, they're all, and, like, and they just woo. sort of stare at, yeah and they stare at him like oh, yeah okay <laughs> sure <laughs> uh, it's so good and then let me see what are my, some of my other ones oh Pugsley's I just love I'm a turkey kill me that's a good one <laughs> he doesn't really have too many funny me. lines he, he his the, like his character sort of like in the volleyball tournament like he sets up the serve and then Wednesday usually spikes them you yes. know she she has the punch lines he has the setups um, yeah and then uh I mean, those are probably my favorite lines. I'm sure there are a million more I could say. But um, Morticia, my favorite line. Oh, from her duh! I have duh. Is, how did I miss that is one? The one where she's like, "I'm just like any modern woman, trying to have it all, a loving husband, a family. I just wish I had more time to seek out the dark forces and join them in their hellish crusade." <laughs> That's all. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, my! My other favorite Morticia line is when Debbie first gets to the house and she sees Fester and she goes. These Adams men, where do you find them? And Morticia goes, it has to be damp. Yeah. <laughs> but like gives, but it like gives a little eyebrow raise. Like, yeah. Or when they're looking good. over the baby and Gomez says, he has my father's eyes. <laughs> Gomez, take those out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I know this whole episode is going to sound like just a bunch of quotes, but this movie is it's so, so good. well written and they deliver it so well. Um, I can't. Like, this is such a feel-good movie to me. It is. It always lifts my spirits from the dark recesses. And, yes. um, you know, the maggots really puts me in a good mood. Yeah. <laughs> They're at camp. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one of the ones that I wrote down is when um, Debbie is like, I've always waited, wanted to wait for my wedding night where we can make the ultimate sacrifice. A goat? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, there are two things. There's a there's a line from that scene that I say all the time, which is "you, you." After he says he's a virgin, <laughs> I say that to any anytime anybody says like something that they obviously do. I'm always like "you, you." 
But with your looks, your charm, <laughs> women must follow you everywhere. Store detectives. <laughs> <laughs> and then another line that I say all the time in real life is when um, Wednesday goes, I'm not perky. And Amanda goes, that's for damn sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I say that all the time. I, I love that that's moment. Sure. I love that moment when she smiles. Oh, She's yeah. scaring me. <laughs> <laughs> She's scaring me. Oh, this is so good. Um, yeah, this movie is, there's not, there's nothing really deep to this movie. I know no. we're usually notorious for going into like the deep, the depths this, of the what depth. movies mean. But yeah. this movie's, this movie's about family. It's about, um, I don't know. That I get being, embracing the dark parts of who right. you are and what's of out there course. in the world. <laughs> of course. And, um, you know, never letting anything come between your family, even Joan Cusack. Yeah. <laughs> Even a spectacular performance by Joan Cusack. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, so Debbie, yeah, she's iconic. We love her. Um, if you haven't seen this movie, you're do yourself a favor out. and go watch this fucking movie because it's and so Unless good. you're literally like a psychopath, you can't watch this movie and not smile through like the entire movie. Yeah, it's just so witty. It's witty. It's funny. It's hilarious. There's never a dull moment. Oh my gosh! And I'm being joined here by a little pup. <gasps> oh my god! Thing. I saw his little face. <laughs> I know. How cute. Um, Get him the okay. fuck out of here. We're recording a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, I think that that uh, puts a fork in our turkey for this one. What do you think? Yeah. We don't want to overcook it. Yeah, that's right. Nobody likes a dry turkey. <laughs> <laughs> so um before we go <laughs> um is there anything else that we need to promote i know we've been doing a lot of promotion of our social media stuff what do you um, yeah well, patreon is in full effect our first yes. episode has come out saved starring mandy moore yes. came out on the 15th and on the 30th we're gonna have the horror commentary of elvira mistress of the dark coming out yes. and also our special bonus fear the talking queers episode will be on patreon Bride of Chucky. Yes. <laughs> Classic. Yes, I'm excited to revisit it. I haven't watched that one in maybe 15 years. So I just rewatched it and I have a lot to say. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but we have another uh, exciting thing that you're sort of spearheading, which is our new email list. Yes, our website is in full effect. Also, fearthetalkingqueers.com. Spelled exactly as it sounds. If you don't know how to spell, <laughs> you're shit out of luck. But, um, <laughs> but one of the more exciting moments of that is our email list because we're trying to get really in touch with all of the people that love us and listen to us and adore us and everything else and send out emails every now and then just checking in and doing tarot readings. Yes. Ooh. Ooh, that's so exciting. Yeah, you'll get like, you can get like a weekly, it's almost like a horoscope kind of thing, right? Like, yeah, it's like a weekly tarot reading. I mean, you know, it, the card of the week may not pertain to you, but it also might. Think think deeply. Yeah, absolutely. Reach into your subconscious and it'll speak to you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll also get an update of what we're doing that week. <laughs> yes, which is, you know, we need you to know. Um, yeah, so... Uh, keep spreading the word about us. Make sure you follow us. Fo- sorry, follow. Wow. Make sure uh, you fart on us. Ma- make sure you fart on us. Uh, <laughs> 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 make sure you follow us on Instagram. We're at fearthetalkingqueers.com. 
Um, you send us an email if you want at uh, yeah. queers at gmail.com. And uh, that's about it. Um, I hope everybody has an amazing Thanksgiving. Please stay safe. Um, you know, it, you know, these large family gatherings, who knows what could happen. Yeah, so, don't forget uh, to stay 20 feet apart and try your hardest to eat your food through your mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make sure you get a blender. Blend all your turkey, your mashed potatoes, your stuffing, your cranberry sauce, and then and suck it through a straw. Through you your mask. imagine. Mm, you know what I really love? I really love those, like, deli sandwiches that are, like, holiday turkey. Like... <laughs> Have you ever had one of those? No. It's usually like turkey, gravy, stuffing, and cranberry. Uh, All right. Anyway, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> ew. That's like a that's like a type of sandwich a lot of places offer. Anyway. Oh. I've never seen that on the menu. Do they have it at Subway? Uh, <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> $5 long. Okay, anyway. Um... Well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy, happy Turkey Day. Uh, so I'm going to leave you all with a little song. <laughs> oh, okay. <clears throat> Eat us. Hey, it's Thanksgiving Day. Eat us. We make a nice buffet. We lost the race to Farmer Ed. Eat us before we're good and dead. White man or red man from east, north, or south. Chop off our legs and put them in your mouth. Eat me. <laughs> Sautéed or barbecued. Eat me. We once were pets, but now we're food. We won't stay fresh for very long. So eat us before we finish this song. Eat us before we finish this song. Oh my God, if that doesn't scream happy Thanksgiving, I don't know what, I was so Uh, into it, I was watching you like, when you pointed to me, I was scared to like join in. No, that was your moment, our duet that everybody's been asking for. I know. Daniel at the Creepy Crap Podcast, that one was for you. (laughs) That bitch called me Kelly Rowan. All right. Well, happy well, Thanksgiving and Happy Thanksgiving. Sweet screams, bitch. <laughs> Meryl. Meryl. <laughs> Meryl. <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs>